You're listening to Ed Talk with Anuj, a podcast that takes you back to school to understand how far we all have come and the future we are all headed towards. My name is Anuj and this is my attempt to explore the evolution of the Indian education system through the lens of people from various walks of life. Happy listening. Hello and welcome back to Ed Talk with Anuj. I've always had a love-hate relationship with science. I grew up a curious child fascinated with everything around me. And one of my favorite pastimes was spending hours in the school library reading about how things work or or basics about the world we live in. I distinctly remember a set of encyclopedias by the company Time Life that were always stocked in the library in school and they were continuously refreshed every year. and each book in the set covered topics like geography and maps simple experiments there was wild animals inventions and discoveries um, the world we live in dinosaurs wheels and wings etc etc and i remember devouring these books but yet in class i somehow lagged behind i couldn't wrap my head around most of the chapters the curriculum the syllabus of science and other subjects It took me many years to realize that I always struggled with what I was expected to learn as opposed to what I wanted to learn. And the difference was how much fun I was having or not with what I was learning. How immersive my subjects were made for me at the time. Now, on this episode, I speak with a very dear friend of the family. She's someone who has watched me grow up. And as a kid, I remember my parents telling me, "Auntie is a scientist." and me going wow scientist little did i know that years later of course i would invite her on to my podcast to talk about education and the pursuit of science she is the secretary of the dr k v rao scientific society in hyderabad which is currently involved in the popularization and promotion of science among students she's currently the convener of the indian women scientists association the hyderabad branch which comprises of women scientists all the women involved in science research and teaching and i'm eager to talk to her now about the incredible innovative efforts that she and her team are taking up to make science reach students directly and make the learning of science a fun and engaging activity for everyone on ed talk with anuj with me is dr k ratna welcome thank you so much for being here on the podcast ah uh, thank you anuj it's a pleasure to have a chat with you i always liked uh, interacting with you so much i like your method of uh, presenting and making our subject science very fun to the audience so thank you very much this is very interesting thank you because <laughs> see science has never been not been that much fun for me when i was growing up i mean obviously which is why i'm in the arts today i'm in the performing arts which is a science of its own i mean if i can call it soft sciences or whatever but the hard sciences is something that has always intimidated me all my life so maths physics chemistry although i did maths physics chemistry in my 11th and 12th and i just I don't know I came out of it wishing I had done biology or I had done performing arts which eventually became my career but uh this is this is interesting so now talking about science is fun studying it has not been so much fun how do we make it fun for students <laughs> my opening <laughs> question if i could go back to school how would you make it fun for me see before we go into that aspect right now that we are able to communicate with each other Huh. uh during this pandemic and uh, i'm able to see each other talk to each other and discuss about all this the fundamental is nothing but science so uh, though yours is a soft uh, uh, science but the actual science is the uh, what we are seeing now right now or undergoing so then if everyone understands this aspect then they start feeling interested about it and uh, coming to the question of how to make it fun see basically everything is science so just to uh, understand that if you are able to make it feel and uh, do then definitely uh, uh, every student will be interested in science that's what we have seen in all these years just give them a chance to do it by themselves then give the explanation of what they are undergoing then it makes science much more fun 
wow where were you when i was in school <laughs> but um <laughs> the science truly makes the world go round i mean everything yes. every little part of our life from uh, the stars in the in the universe to the atoms within us to the cells within us everything is science at at some level and i think there is a pattern that that connects the cosmos together um, you know i know i'm getting a little metaphysical there but uh, there is a pattern there is there is an order in this chaos that we call life is there yes definitely see science everything around is science i'll give a very funny example for example water constitutes uh, on the earth about uh, i mean uh, 1% of uh, uh, the whole earth and uh, it's been uh, the earth has been here for millions of years so these water molecules are rotated the same amount of water has been there all along so the water molecules which were there millions of years during maybe dinosaur times or something is still the same so what you are drinking or eating or using is the same water that we are uh, using right here but uh, it it's only needs to be appreciated that that is the thing so if people start connecting in this method of everything then uh, uh, it becomes really uh, interesting actually why do we take science for granted because it's there and we are able to exist that is why so this anything that you get easily is not given that credit okay uh, that that's one thing uh, if they start appreciating the importance of it then uh, it no one will take it granted for example you see like uh, at this juncture during the pandemic uh, now people have started realizing yes science is important to keep ourselves safe uh, to uh, i mean uh, Uh, go ahead and uh, uh, progress actually because had it not been there we couldn't have found anything uh, any vaccination or predicted anything and uh, come out of this uh, the way that we have done it could have been much more uh, fatal or uh, difficult to uh, go through this experience so these are the experiences which make people understand that yes science should not be taken for granted and it should be worked on to make it more and more useful to us and uh, because that is where the progress is uh, for the human life and and there are innumerable scientists around the world or you know people who are exploring science around the world quietly working to understand the very f- basics of life very basics of every single process that we call life yes um, and i think that that permeates to whether it is uh, social whether it's political whether it is business whether it is you know commerce everything there is science uh, involved uh, in it what drew you to science as a as a student basically uh, that's what a bit of inquisitiveness of why it is happening that is what uh, drives you to science this as you grow up you see things around you you want an explanation for that so that drives you to that and as you grow if you are able to understand yes this is a, uh, essential for the progress for any human like you said everything depends on science unless we know the basics and we are able to apply it we will not be able to go forward so if that point gets uh, that was what was helping us in uh, while we were studying so as uh, we took up science we started understand the bio- processes say for example uh, at that point of physics may not uh, chemistry could have been a bit uh, uh, dangerous for us also but and biology was one interesting subject which un- made us understand ourselves first of all how the processes happen so it see any then uh, as uh, while we are doing the experiments in biology dissections and all that as you go into the inner uh, uh, depth of that subject that's where it uh, starts making you feel interested which is what is i feel is missing at this juncture in most of the schools we were given the opportunity to reopen the say if not a human we were doing for the rats frogs so as you see what's happening and the intricacy is the beauty of the nature that is so perfect so the interest keeps generating that's all that, that is how i think i went to science uh, slowly i moved on to physics actually physics was another interesting subject because most of the things are physical in nature and you see a light uh, when you switch on the light comes up when you switch off it goes off then 
the water boiling anything in the kitchen for example and you see some process happening you start connecting to what you are studying then uh, that's makes it very very interesting actually and and where did you study what was your educational journey like uh i was born brought up in delhi and i studied in delhi i was i studied my entire uh, uh, time in andhra school uh, of course in between i was in uh, we were in calcutta for few years but again i was in andhra school there so i completed my schooling in andhra school then uh, i went to I, i did my graduation in chemistry and uh, post graduation also in chemistry but in iit delhi uh, then moved on to mtech for analytical uh, chemistry uh, then, then i did my polymer uh, phd doctorate in uh, polymers again from iit delhi so this was my journey of education all in delhi and you knew from a young age that science is what you wanted to pursue Yes, uh, uh, like I said, I was always fascinated with the, the physical phenomena that was happening around, and uh, I mean, uh, there were a couple of teachers also who instilled this kind of thing. There was one uh, teacher who used to talk about fusion and fusion and the difference between that. He used to compare it to a, uh, for example, a bundi ladu. He used to say that when uh, bundi pieces are, I mean, are uh, consider them as each particle when you. bring them together it forms a uh, full flesh uh, laddu so it it's a fusion when you uh, break it open it just breaks it's a full ball breaking into new innumerable balls so that is fission so that's how he used to explain so that created kind of interest in uh, uh, science for each of the phenomena then uh, chemistry was also another subject uh, that uh, teacher was very good like the way he taught actually i was uh, a bit scared of chemistry like everyone else but uh, i think he did a wonderful job of showing us that there is a beautiful logic in chemistry right. in each process that happens so everything if we understand the initial process and the end process the whole uh, process can be easily understood if we understand the fundamentals so that's how he taught so any reaction any equation we used to easily without having to uh, uh, read or by heart we were able to reach that so that actually created lot of interest in higher classes in of course lower class we do not know much maths was my favorite subject so but uh, this chemistry person actually did a wonderful job that time i wish my science teacher had taught me with the examples of laddu i would have had a doctorate today <laughs> yes i think so yeah that is how it should be taught <laughs> so so i mean it's it's interesting that you said that you were scared of chemistry as everyone else would maths is something that fascinated you but it was a teacher who really helped you uh, you know get away from that fear and move closer towards interest in yes. the functioning of life as as it is did that have a role to play in you turning around and educating students today about science uh more than yes that that did actually help uh, help me but more than that as i was going through the journey of education i realized uh, uh, that uh, see there is little support uh, from the school teachers to the general set of students only the top uh, four five as they perceive are given more attention and the rest are just uh, not uh, taken that are given that much attention so at that juncture see even uh, in some of the subjects when where we are we feel that we are not strong if the teacher doesn't support us then it it does uh, uh, hurt us a bit and to uh, think that yes given the chance we were doing so well in the other subjects we can do better well in these two if they give us that little support so the, as we grew in the education also this aspect was very very clear everywhere so um, even in iits i we have uh, felt this uh, so this is where we thought that see major uh, top people can survive anywhere but the other people are the one who need to be uh, said that yeah you are capable you can do it uh, if 
uh, they can support this proper. So that's the time actually, I think somewhere in, uh, I think I was in NTEC when this thought struck me that yes, why we should uh, do something for the students to pull them up and say that no, you are good. And, and then, I mean, of course, you, you, you worked, you, you did, uh, you know, you worked at different places and then you uh, came up in 2001 and formed the Dr. K.V. Rao Scientific Society, which you were a secretary of and have been running for the last 20 years. And uh, the mission statement is to promote and popularize science amongst students. Yes. And 20 years of doing this, what is the most striking thing that you have noticed in students or the entire education community uh, when you come in and step in to supplement their learning with the scientific uh, explanations that uh, that you offer? Uh, here, I should say that we have been very fortunate that we got plenty of support. Uh, no, uh, though the initial years were a bit uh, tough in uh, convincing them that we are here to help, there was no other motive in our organization other than that. Uh, people did question what was there in it for us, but uh, when uh, after a couple of years they started uh, realizing that we were just trying to give our support and uh, there was nothing that we were uh, wanting back from them except participation and uh, learning from whatever we were trying to say. Uh, so it has been a, a very good support. Uh, from everybody, uh, right from the schools to the university professors and all, they have uh, supported us uh, because, see, best of all, uh, though we started uh, very small, over a period of years, they have started realizing that whatever we do, we have a commitment towards uh, doing it in a very fair and uh, uh, quality, uh, the, there was a quality in our programs. So we never compromised on quantity and we went for quality. So the right student was given the recognition. So this is what prompted people to come back to us, both in terms of participation as well as on the judges panel. See, actually I should thank all of our judges at this juncture. Say that they come to us without any question. They just don't expect any remuneration, they don't expect anything from us. They enjoy being on our panels, talking to students. And uh, right. this has been the best thing that I think uh, the society has earned uh, in terms of uh, uh, credibility or support uh, from the scientific community across. Wonderful, wonderful. And and I'm sure, I mean, the gratification over 20 years of, of doing this day in and day out and nurturing minds, nurturing potential as, as, as you have done has been very, very satisfying to watch. Uh, tell us a little bit about Dr. K.V. Rao, a, a very, very renowned scientist, I mean, bless his soul, and, and the work that he has done um, that has inspired you to take his legacy forward, if you could tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I should say that Dr. K. V. Rao is my father-in-law and uh, by the time I moved into this uh, family, he had already retired and, uh, but we used to have a lot of interaction uh, with him and both of us are, uh, have the background of chemistry, which helped us in having uh, little chats on uh, various things of research and uh, general scientific uh, progress in the country. He was uh, born in, uh, in 1920 in Rajamandri and uh, he studied there most of the time. And then he did his research from Benares Hindi University. And then well, he was mostly in this uh, analytical chemistry and he worked in the department of mines. And then okay. uh, during those times, it was a Nizam, uh, Era. The Nizam state, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he worked, then he moved, He worked in various places in Rajasthan and other uh, places, Kodavari area, so many other places. But finally, he was in Geological Survey of India where he did most of his work. And one of his most important works has been the defluoridation of uh, water. So as all of us know, even now, Chloride content in water is quite high in many areas, particularly in Alcona district. And from what the recent reports say, even in the outskirts of Hyderabad, it is too high. And but this fluoride is a very important factor for the development of bones. If it is too high, it makes the bones brittle. 
and uh, damages him. So he worked on developing a sort of cure for that. So while working in the mines, he found that the component of a byproduct of asbestos is a component called serpentine, which when uh, purified and made into a kind of a tablet form and given orally can reduce the fluoride content of the body. So he worked with a group of doctors and clinically also proved that. But however, it didn't come out commercially and didn't make an impact. So he worked on developing small kits and giving it to the villagers uh, by which they just put it into the water and then uh, fluoride uh, uh, gets decanted and then the decanted water can be used. This is one aspect he worked uh, a lot. Then the another was the um, see, dating of all these archaeological uh, monuments. So he did a lot of work on that. Uh, then that is, as many people know, Taj Mahal was burning yellow. At that point of the time, he worked on that to retain the whiteness of that. And then the and in the Chaminar in Hyderabad, he worked on that also restoration of Chaminar. So these were some of the important works that he did. Uh, during his uh, lifetime and and if uh, if i'm uh, correct there was also a newsletter that he had started called the hyderabad science newsletter yeah. and i think somewhere in the in the 60s he had uh, printed and published this yes, yes. he was so say as, i mean that was one of the other uh, aspects of him he wanted to spread science to as many people as possible make it look easy so he used to collect articles and uh, put it in simple format and uh, make it, uh, uh, he was working on that. The only point uh, that he always used to regret is that like he didn't get adequate support to continue the work. So the, that uh, that is one thing he always used to say. And then he always had another thing that these young people should, do not get good mentors because in this competition, he worked only in the uh, government sector. He uh, so he used to say that, yeah, the seniors uh, do not let the youngsters grow. So if we can create an environment where you youngsters are given an opportunity to grow. So that was his always uh, a grouse. Uh, then do, so during these discussions, we thought uh, maybe that's a good idea that we set up a platform by which we can support this uh, thought of his. That's how actually it came up. So during his 80th year celebrations, he was, uh, we uh, thought uh, that this would be a right kind of gift to him that we start something in his name uh, to uh, take it forward. His uh, enthusiasm, his thoughts and his uh, uh, this feel for emotions for the growth of the youngsters actually so uh, that, that support uh, should be given and uh, my experience also was that uh, yes uh, the science uh, people in science require a lot of support uh, to make them feel that it's the right carrier that they are taking so these two things actually came up to the, and we formed it in uh, 2001 and and recently, I mean, at at the KV uh, RSS uh, annual function, we uh, commemorated his centenary. What would have been his one uh, hundredth birthday, but of course, um, he left us um, quite few, quite some time ago. And I think, you know, the fact that you're carrying this incredible legacy forward is uh, is, is such a tribute to the work that he has done, and not just. You know, in 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 the research that he has done or the work that he has done, it was also to illuminate the minds around and you know make a difference to society. Uh, at this point, I I want to ask you that you know we've we've constantly been throwing this term around of scientific temper. You know, develop a scientific temper. Uh, what is scientific temper? Because it science gave me a lot of temper in school. That is a different thing. <laughs> but, what is scientific temper? <laughs> it's actually very simple. It's the, in, simply put it, it's the inquisitiveness of a child. So if you allow that to prosper, flower, and you let it grow, so 
that's it in any field for that example uh, even in say in your arts or somebody wants to sing okay give them all the opportunity don't snub anybody that's all so once you uh, allow the people the person express themselves question and uh, uh, i mean uh, do whatever they want with it and give an explanation to it when they ask for it that's it there's nothing more than that when the child comes you the major snubber i have heard is if the question as we say this is not for you this is not important at this stage of for you so uh, why do you want to know this this is beyond your scope of your syllabus something like that so that is not the right way to uh, address anything every uh, child has the right to know right to ask right to uh, do things then that is when they grow so this is exactly scientific temper inquisitiveness observation and experimentation letting for from our end and uh, letting them do it letting them learn it each person has their own level of uh, this grasping so give them that time to grasp and uh, support them that's all that this is uh, enough to inculcate that temper that they, that is required and this is not uh, like you said it's not limited to science it is an attitude to life yes and and that is something that has a huge impact on these children when they grow up to be young adults or then adults later and the choices that they make in life when they deal with different kinds of situations the yes. scientific temper is enables uh, balanced decision making uh, um, analytical skills under uh, problem solving uh critical thinking i don't does it help uh, there yes uh, that's what that is exactly what i'm trying to say right from a small child uh, when he is trying to get up and walk you don't give a uh, support to them you let them fall uh, till they stand up and go so why don't you do that when they are growing up too and learning things why do you say that this is not required for you let them fall let them learn so give them the opportunity though but uh, wherever they are asking that is where we we support them that's enough for them so after that say that's why that is exactly what we are trying to do this is concepts so they, they are not understanding give them the opportunity to go for that concept to make them understand let them question maybe even uh, i mean why at that change we may not be able to explain but tell them that yes because we also may not know everything so we should learn to accept that first and tell them yes we'll get back to you or we'll give you the place where you can get this answer so that's the way it should be taught it's just most of them feel that if they do not know it is an embarrassment to them and uh, that's when they stop i think but uh, if you are the, you are gracious enough to say that yes i'm also not 100% uh, uh, no one can know anything 100% so i'll get back to you so students start getting the confidence that yes even the teacher is referring to something so i can also go back and refer to it so this is nothing wrong in it so uh, but uh, this is where the teacher most of the teachers or parents put a foot a foot down and say this is not for them but so i request all the elders to understand the situations uh, that they face and how they feel for it is exactly what the child feels and give them that much of opportunity learning is such a such a collaborative process na no? regardless of what uh, what you are learning i mean when when there is an ecosystem that uh, that chooses to learn along with you like you said a teacher can say that hey let me refer to it and come back you don't have to know it all just because you're a teacher it's all right to learn together and i think the the biggest example in recent times of this collaborative learning has been the pandemic that we are still going through yes. when the transition to online happened teachers were learning how to um, <laughs> use gadgets and technology which children already knew okay. children knew how to google <laughs> faster than than teachers and suddenly teachers are like oh you already have 10 different answers for the question i'm asking you um, how has evolving technology helped or in some cases hampered the development of scientific temper so i don't think i need to tell about how it has helped because like uh, you were saying it uh, always uh, development in uh, technology is required to make things happen or progress further but uh, and we, we, without technology i don't think we could have uh, been what we are today either in india or globally 
in terms of you see medicine or uh, uh, what are the gadgets that we use the kind of transportation that we have and the communications that we have uh but always there is a flip side to that so you see so uh, with all this kind of uh, ai things iot things and all these things coming up uh, more and more uh, uh, the st- uh, students or the major majority of the people uh, they are turning into users rather than uh, what you call thinkers so the thought process is being brought down by a few people who are uh, actually doing lot of research and making these things happen for example now even depends on mobile or computer to do everything they just don't remember anything for uh, even the simplest of the calculations phone numbers that we used to remember nothing they have to have that uh, system in front of them then only they are good otherwise they just feel lost so this is the thing uh, i feel a bit concerned because as the general they may be uh, very good in knowing what is there but how to go there may not be the the journey may not be easy for them that is what i am worried it's very fascinating and i get very scared because i'm a scuba diver and the likelihood of me getting stranded on an island is very high so now in my weird fantasies i have this island that i'm stranded on and there is a phone booth on that island and that phone booth doesn't charge me any money to make a call anywhere in the world it's an emergency phone booth but i've lost my phone or maybe my phone is wet and it is not working and now i don't remember any numbers <laughs> yes i don't remember any numbers at all <laughs> whereas there was a time when we remembered everything yes the landline numbers that we used to have we remembered them all from close friends to relatives we didn't we, who annoyed us mm-hmm. and i think that it it's a it's also a reflection of where the brain is the functioning of the brain has has moved on to other places yes, that's all. it's just that actually because see ultimately we the way we see people are doing wonderful things so it's not that the brain has uh, what you call become a dull or something but yes the priorities have changed and so uh, but it is a bit worrisome like you said in in uh, critical conditions or in emergencies how do we make it uh, uh, how can uh, this child uh, face the situation so that basic thing is missing so this is a bit worrisome uh, in this technology development definitely there is uh, no second uh, thought to that so that's why actually at school level i think with and that has been our motto that yes make things look so easy that you don't have to remember it comes automatically to you you understand it so the moment uh, the need arises you are able to harness that that's all so that is our aim in all this uh, various things that we have started working on like the innovation lab in the mobile lab. so people understand basics once the basics are clear you can make it happen so now your dr kv rao scientific society the office and the innovation center is uh, it's not a swanky building it's uh, it's literally you know in, in a residential area you have this this very uh, humble unassuming looking um, uh, you know residential building that that you have that you live in and one floor is completely dedicated to this innovation center there's a little shrine for dr kv rao as well how does this innovation center help with understanding fundamentals what do you offer as part of the science ecosystem uh, in the center coming to the basics of the science is very very important learn the student learning the concepts so what we see in the syllabus and how the teachers go around teaching the syllabus is just they just want to finish the syllabus and then go ahead but if a concept starts at 7th class and goes on to 8th or 9th there's a continuity which happens so if a student doesn't understand something in at 7th class and goes to the 9th class he will have a lot of trouble in understanding the concept at 9 so he's basically just learning and uh, and during the exam he's just uh, uh, giving it out in the new question paper and getting some marks and getting away with it so if this continues as he goes up in the career and unfortunately chooses that subject which is already 
always has been a bit of skeptical about so he will be facing a lot of trouble in his growth or in his career so uh, our thought is that if we are able to give them a concept based learning and make them understand uh, the fundamentals through hands on experience through various models through applications that they see in and around uh, their daily life then they start understanding it and apply it by themselves equations are only a, uh, equations and problem solving is only a uh, later part first you have to understand it uh, just using the equation whatever the teacher has told you and getting away with it is not the right approach for any growth so we have come up with this thing called concept learning and uh, we have uh, collected a number of uh, models which are based on the simple basic scientific concepts like uh, uh, what you call newton's laws or uh, conservation of momentum or capillarity something like all this in various uh, basic sciences of physics chemistry maths and biology and they we give them a visual uh, approach so we give them a, a shape and let the student come and do it and feel it and understand it, the concept so for example how the water moves up in the plants so we it's a capillarity so what is this capillarity how can you see it how can you do it so this is how we have developed the models some we have procured and some uh, we have made it here and uh, each concept is uh, developed in such a way that any class we are not interested in the syllabus so any person student can come and if he wants to know understand that particular concept he can use these models and various other experiments connected to that to learn that concept so uh, in 10th class child if he is what he has not understood for example in light can and he is studying light here will they uh, we start from the beginning of that chapter concept of what is light what are its properties its uh, Uh, how it behaves and what implications of it then go up to his standard then, then uh, he is easily able to understand it. so this is our main thing concept learning is one very important aspect of our innovation lab second thing is uh, kids have a lot of ideas in their mind which they want to explore do it which either the school may or may not encourage or have the facilities So, uh, similarly the parents may or may not have the wherewithal to get, provide them with all the required uh, material so we provide all that here so they can come and experiment and do it whichever they, way they want if they need some mentor mentoring some support that will be provided here because uh, as i mentioned earlier we have a lot of resource base and volunteers who can come in and uh, if planned properly they can come and have uh, sessions here to take those projects forward so these are the two main aspects that we have and then you went on to develop a mobile laboratory as well um, because there are a lot of students who are not able to come into the center yes, yes. so this lab and, and the science reaches the student um, rather than the other way around yes. so tell us tell us something about that yeah we are very fortunate that uh, one of the I mean, funding agencies abroad they have when uh, uh, we sub- we gave them that proposal they have uh, uh, supported us unconditionally and said yes it's a very good idea to uh, for the students to learn science and uh, so now we are coming uh, that should be inaugurated to us soon we have been given the mandate to develop a mobile lab on a bus and equip it with all the possible uh, material for uh, doing all the experiments that we do it, we are doing it in the office uh, so we already what, what we have done is uh, we have since we have developed the concepts we our teachers or parents or these are resource persons they go to the various schools and they have started uh, doing this uh, Uh, experimentation of uh, uh, giving some demos to these students and it has been very well received actually already we have done i think seven eight uh, uh, demonstrations in so many so many schools in nearby and uh, the students have been uh, very happy and enthusiastic and 
I see the potential in this actually, the way they have responded to it. We, our, more than what we have expected actually. So this has, gives a lot of satisfaction to us that we have taken this decision to go ahead with this kind of project. Uh, once complete, we will definitely go to, uh, we are planning to go to mostly government schools and uh, a bit low end uh, private schools which do not have the facilities or which do not have the proper uh, whatever logistics to make it happen and teach them. So, I mean, this is a kind of project we have been thinking for long and I'm extremely happy that it is coming to a uh, win. Practical this thing, and we should be launching it by this this month also, and benefit a lot of students. I see the enthusiasm when our resource person goes there and does a demonstration. No, what a, what an incredibly innovative approach, of course. And like I said, you know, science reaching the student um, is is uh, empowering in so many ways. Uh, there is also, of course, the whole year-long uh, program that you run where, you know, you invite entries from students on innovations that, that they come up with uh, in various fields of science. And then there are uh, cash rewards that are given out to them thanks to all the supporting uh, sponsors and, 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 you know, agencies that support the society. Uh, my, my question here is, uh, year on year, and this has been 20 years, what kind of evolution have you seen in the curiosity of students? Or, and their ability uh, to innovate year on year. When we started, yes, we did see that, uh, I mean, uh, the bent towards science is there, but expression uh, was not there. So uh, now as through the years, what we have seen is, uh, as you give them the support, more and more students come forward and come up with a lot of innovations. And this recognition, is the important thing here. So once you recognize, people know that yes, they uh, they can uh, put forward their ideas and it will be uh, given that importance. So that is exactly what uh, is required for them. And what we have seen is, uh, a second thing is the, of course, the society's commitment to it. Uh, if you are able to do it committedly, then more and more people believe in you and then the response is good and a lot of people come forward to participate. In terms of the evolution of the students' uh, knowledge and all, uh, yes, with the technology uh, improvement that is happening, more and more students are doing wonderful jobs, but majority of them have, uh, what I have seen is take it easy in terms of uh, picking it up from elsewhere and then modifying it. I think that is also equally good as far if they are able to contribute to that. Uh, however, uh, some majority of them go for the easy way. But this is where exactly we feel a bit uh, worried that uh, this part should be inculcated at school level to make them think by themselves. Give them the thing but uh, ask them to innovate on that then it will be much more uh, easier, I mean, interesting for the student uh, as they go forward in their careers. How can educators empower themselves um, uh, now to, A, of course, uh, those who are dealing directly with science in schools and B, those who are not dealing directly with science. But like you said, you know, the scientific temper is universal. It it it, it is not limited to subjects or certain kind of learnings that are happening in school. How can educators empower themselves to help students deliver or develop uh, scientific temper? See, like the educators should themselves be curious to know the uh, progress that is happening and learn to Take the questions from the students in, in uh, what you call uh, uh, correct method so that they, like I said, they should not feel bad that they do not know the thing and have that uh, patience and graciousness to accept uh, the progress that is happening and learn by themselves. So uh, what I see is the government does have a lot of uh, programs for this. If they go for that, uh, then and uh, learn and then take it to the students, then it will be good. But in generally what we see is once they get into the process of 
teaching somebody then most of them uh, remain at that level except maybe in the research uh, institutions where it have research and academy both when they are together at that juncture yes they keep updating themselves and uh, going ahead but in a pure academic uh, institution or a research institution there there is the connect is less so this is empowering simple it's a, if you put it in a simple one word they should learn to empower themselves of the new things so that they can pass it on to the next generation which is what is lacking in general in the uh, teaching ecosystem in our country basically so teacher training is a simple thing should be the into the new methods newer ways uh, knowledge wise all this will definitely help uh, the younger generation wow incredible what's the road ahead now for um, for the for the society and the work that you're doing now there's an innovation center that has already been set up a mobile laboratory is going to be unveiled um, this month or very soon um, what's the road ahead how are the next 5 um, 10 years looking like uh, with the kind of work that you are doing our vision is to go ahead in this uh, i mean right now uh, our events are uh, now held at national national level so this kind of innovation center needs to become popular as in terms of uh, the number of students who avail it then the mobile labs we are starting with one if, and we are sure it will be well received so if we are able to penetrate into the larger section reach is what we are we should look at for the future so we will be increasing our reach then uh, our uh, one more aspect which we want work on is the Re, uh, research into the social issues that we face, social uh, problems that we face in and around. Because what we see in most of the research that happens in India is half of it is not pertinent to the issues in the country. So if uh, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense of doing some work that is happening uh, globally, which is not applicable to us. So uh, we feel that if we encourage students to take up research by which our issues are solved then it would be a great contribution so we have been planning on this to take up a few research projects uh, in collaboration with uh, research institutions and uh, if students can come forward to work on this then uh, it would be a great contribution to the nation basically so this is what we are looking at let us see how it turns so towards that we need uh, to have a uh, good institution with good research facilities uh, so all these uh, are interconnected so our vision is to have a bigger organization with uh, fantastic uh, facilities where we do something some research of social impact which actually brings me to my next question uh, you know students eventually look to going abroad to pursue their passions or or their pursuit of of their fields and most often than not it is science that they go out and pursue uh, so how does the ecosystem in the country empower or enable students to pursue further because we we always hear of the MITs or the Harvards or the Stanfords and you know the the Boston um, uh, university there are of course we have the iits we have uh, institutions of our own but what are we uh, missing in the fascination that abroad is where science can be pursued best what's missing in the ecosystem here i should say that see uh, it's not that uh, something is missing in terms of ecosystem more than that yeah we have this uh, uh, problem of numbers basically so uh, if you try to get it to too many people into science we do not have adequate facilities basically so if uh, the basic needs of a person are if you are able to attend to them then you can think much better here the most of the time it goes off in uh, uh, our thoughts in setting up a uh, decent living for ourselves there uh, basically they are at a level where their 
basic needs are met and gives them the freedom to think and work here we uh, mm. so that mm. is the basic issue why people go quality of life as you can put it so the quality right. of life there right. is a set so they can do a better mm. research here we have very right. good institutions we have very good government support we have uh, inter at research level at school level at this juncture the government is providing so many opportunities in terms of tinkering labs innovation hubs and uh, uh, what you call make in india atmanirbhar uh, abhiyans uh, so many initiatives are there if people take to it and uh, see sincerely work on it we definitely have a lot of opportunities here it's only the question of looking at it because our experience has been that the like the life there is comfortable people tend to go there but the it's a bit of thought here and uh, maybe in uh, earlier request there but the government is really supporting a lot of initiatives even uh, all these scientific labs have now been given the mandate to reach out to people and make it popular uh, this this is 75th year of uh, independence in that all the research institutions have been given a mandate to conduct 75 scientific events so uh, and reach out to people you see think of the number of institutions that we have and how they can reach out so government is definitely trying now it's onus on the people to take it forward and believe in it and then definitely things will happen it is there we have to use it that's what i feel but uh, i feel very happy that we have started that trend and uh, people are accepting us similarly if they believe and uh, accept this even support systems we can definitely make it for example look at the contribution during the covid india has been in the uh, front runner to develop the vaccines and uh, in multitudes actually so they not only in india they were able to export think of the kind of support they must have got both from the research uh, people as well as the government isn't it right. so ecosystem right. is there right. it is only question of recognizing and uh, utilizing it is what uh, mm-hmm. we are feeling well i'm i'm glad there are people like you who are at least uh, who have, have taken this step and of course not just uh, taking dr kv rao's legacy forward but really creating that ecosystem of of learning and a and a friendship with science if i can say that because i started with you know a temper with science <laughs> but you know to to develop that friendship with science among students and 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 really thank you for all the work that you've done uh, may your tribe increase may you go on to you know really expand your footprint to not just pan india that you're already doing but again internationally and you know encourage more and more students to to approach science with the curiosity and and the inquisitiveness that uh, that it really deserves so uh, yeah thank you thank you for for being part of this uh, podcast um, i'll of course link in the show notes uh, the link to the website uh, of of the kv dr kv rao scientific society and you know how people can support and and join and and you know uh, participate in these programs so that will be in the show notes i'll link those but thank you dr ratna thank you so much for coming on to and having con- having a conversation thank you very much thank you for listening to ed talk with anuj i hope you enjoyed it New episodes drop every other Friday so don't forget to follow Ed Talk with Anuj on social media to stay updated I'll see you next time